Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Hard to believe another Monday is here. And here we are, so we can get to talk about the Word. Get to talk about the Word for a few minutes today. Matthew chapter 27 today. We are quickly finishing up our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. I'm super amazed. Just two more weeks. Just two more weeks. Two more weeks. Yeah, so where we left off last time, of course, we were finishing up Matthew chapter 26. We find Jesus being betrayed in the garden by Judas, betrayed by a kiss. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we're going to have him uh, go before the council in the last chapter, and now he's delivered to Pilate. And here's what I want to do this week. Mm-hmm. I'd like for us in our conversations to take some character studies. Yeah. There are several different folks' faces around the cross here mm-hmm. that I think it'd be good for us to look at. So I want to start with Judas today. You cool okay. with that? Okay. Hey. Okay. So Matthew 27, beginning at verse 1, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it's blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. The 30 pieces of silver was something that came up in the early part of Matthew 26 that these chief priests had made an arrangement with Judas, and they had paid him up front that he would be the in, in to the group. He could identify for them who Jesus was to the crowd and the mob, I should say, and they would know who to arrest. And so he brings them to, the, to, the, to Gethsemane, and Jesus just goes. He does. It throws off Peter. Yeah. It throws off the rest of the apostles. Yeah. They flee, and Jesus is taken into custody. He's tried, and he's condemned. And it seems to me that Judas is shocked that he's condemned. Do you pick that up? Does it seem that way to you? I'm not sure. I, I mean, there's so many questions in my mind around Judas. Like, what did he think would happen? That's one of those things I would have loved to ask him. Yeah. When you took the money, and the idea was identify him to a group of people with swords and mobs, or excuse me, a mob of group with swords and clubs, what did you think was going to happen? I wonder, and I've heard people theorize that, uh, well, he thought there's no way they're going to be able to condemn Jesus. Jesus is too amazing. Mm-hmm. He's healed people. He's taught good things. Uh 
so I don't know. It does seem to me that that uh, seeing that he's condemned, and I guess it is possible that it's just the idea that it's one thing to think about it, it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to see it happen. And when you actually see it happen, it impacts you. So I guess it's right. possible that that's what's going on. I mean, what what we're reading here is some type of change of heart, is what I see. Yeah, the actions that that I don't want this money. I'm trying to return the money. Uh, with the confession, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he saw the outcome. He saw that now Jesus is condemned, the text says. They're going to kill Jesus, and and it's my fault. I have a role in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still, I, you know, and I know we can't answer this, and probably it's like my, my son Ethan gets all frustrated when people spend too many too much time trying to figure this one out. I've heard him talk about it. I, I, mean, I know. You mean like 12 minutes? <laughs> well, yeah, if we spent 12 and a half minutes trying to figure out what was Judas' what motivation. What was Judas thinking? He's like, well, the Bible just says he's greedy. How about we just say that? <laughs> well, I mean, you do have that in John. In, in John's gospel, it lays out a lot more that Judas was even uh, stealing from from the group, you know, for a while to line his pockets. Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, the last thing I'll say about that, and then I want to talk about the greed a little bit, is that it, I still get the sense of... It's like he's surprised that Jesus is condemned. Again, I guess I can see the potential of the other approach, but it sure seems like he. I did not think this would happen, and now that I've seen it happen, I realize I've committed great evil. So I was reading over this, and it put me in mind of a text that I, I hadn't necessarily made this connection before, but you had, but or perhaps you have. But back in the law, in the book of Deuteronomy in the 19th chapter, mm-hmm. there's a law put out about those who are involved in bearing false witness, Mm. right? And so in Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 16, it says, if a false witness rises against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both men in the controversy shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who serve in those days, and the judges shall make careful inquiry. And indeed, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother, so you shall put away the evil from among you. Mm. That if someone is involved in betraying and false witness, right, and and even to the extent of would put them to death, then then it should be your life for that. Yeah. And to me, that echoes here in this situation. That uh, if Judas is having a moment of clarity, repentance, righteousness, I have betrayed innocent blood. Someone is going to kill, or excuse me, be killed because I acted falsely. What is that to us? You know, there's no remedy here with the people. They're not going to repent. They're not going to turn this this uh, fellow loose. Yeah. And Jesus goes and kills himself. Mm. So you think Judas is trying to enact the justice of the law against himself? I mean, I've never—I wonder, mm. okay? I mean, I, I guess the other thing is there's just just depths of despair. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, that Judas um, evidently was quite a righteous, good Jew heretofore now by all public appearances. He may be mindful of that. Except for thieving. I said of public appearances. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things. Okay, so you went back to the Old Testament here. There's a couple of things in the New Testament that I think Judas— for us, should be the background. And it, one of them is this idea of greed mm-hmm. and thieving, because I know what Paul is going to teach us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, is that those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. They fall into a snare. They fall into 
harmful and senseless uh, desires that will end up plunging them into ruin and destruction. Whenever I hear that, the first person I think of is, oh, that sounds like Judas. Mm. That sounds like Judas. And it is interesting that it's not like the money that he got really made him wealthy and rich. No, Th- These are not huge sums of money, but you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And he's mm-hmm. trying to add to his own wealth and mm-hmm. enjoy money. And in the end, it pierced him. Right. It, it he wandered away from the faith, and was and he was pierced with many pangs, which is what Paul goes on to say about those who desire to be rich, those who are pursuing. Yeah, First Timothy six. Yeah. Yeah. And so I see Judas as a beginning here, and tying into what you just said. This is what led me to want to go ahead and say this: is that up to this point, I mean, again, we said last week that when Jesus said somebody's going to betray me, nobody said it's Judas, isn't it? Correct. It's we've been they watching ask, him. Is it I? Yeah, we've been watching him, and we can tell he's he's a bad guy. It's yeah. him, isn't it? Nobody said that, and uh, he did have this secret sin that was going on in his life. But that, and that's the thing, he had this love of money, this craving for more, and it started with I'll just take a little bit from the purse that I get to have control over, and it led to straight up denying and betraying the master that he had followed for three years. That's how intense this desire can impact us. Well, and and I, I'm not trying to suggest that Judas does the right thing by bringing the scripture to mind. I, I still think what we see is the one in Deuteronomy, that this fellow is taking the law into his own hands, and he's oh. deciding, I'm, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm just going to act unilaterally here, and I'll do what I believe I need to do to to make this as right as I can make it. I wasn't, you I was know. no longer commenting on that. I well, was moving I just, on. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and, and we need to move on. I just thought, I'm not trying to say that there's some biblical justification in Deuteronomy right. to take your own life. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that he does find himself in a situation where, again, instead of turning to God, instead of seeking forgiveness or mercy or fresh start or anything, he continues headlong in his own path, ultimately taking his own life. Well, one of the things just talking about that it makes me think even about that jailer the philippian jailer yeah who when the earthquake happens mm-hmm. and the doors are mm-hmm. opened and he thinks the yeah. prisoners have gone free he is going to do what he thinks is the honorable thing mm-hmm. and he's going to kill himself yeah and paul stops him mm-hmm. you know there there was an honor shame idea in this culture and whether judas was thinking of that passage in deuteronomy particularly or not i certainly believe he was dealing with shame mm-hmm. and he in his mind the only honorable way to deal with that shame was to take it into his own hands and to kill himself, mm-hmm. which, which actually, by the way, that provides a great segue to the second principle in the New Testament that Paul teaches that I think Judas is the background for. Yeah, And this one's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. There, Paul talks about the difference between worldly grief and godly grief. Mm-hmm. Godly sorrow, godly grief leads to repentance, mm-hmm. which of course leads to life. Yeah. Worldly grief leads to death. Here we see, in fact, and I guess I think about this as I contrast Judas with Peter. Sure. Here are two men that have grief. In the last chapter, when Peter heard the rooster crow, he goes out mourning, weeping. Right, right. But we know that ultimately he's going to be restored. That's right. Judas, as he goes out mourning and weeping, he returns the money, mm-hmm. but his answer is is rather than turning to God 
finding forgiveness in God, right. his answer is the only way for me to escape is to kill myself. Yeah. It's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I believe that we cannot sin in such a way that the Lord wouldn't forgive us, that, that he did go to the cross to pay for our sins. But we must be humble to confess it to him. We need to take it to him and seek forgiveness. Repentance, repentance can be hard, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what, what you've done and where you're coming from to turn around and pursue the Lord's way. Uh, and, and maybe that's scary to people. Maybe they think that's too too difficult a path to um, to tread, and yet that is the way that leads to life: repentance before the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, in in my mind, as I place myself in Judas' shoes and I consider my own sins and my own reactions to sin, I do think we we have an issue of pride here, mm-hmm. and I think that follows along with what Jesus had said earlier that you won't look if you guys don't humble yourself like this little child, right, right. you're not even going to be in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. There is that pride, humility, and we've got this one of the apostles who ends up not being in the kingdom, and the reason why I tie it to pride is because I think I think this issue of allowing my shame to conquer me. Mm-hmm. allowing the shame to be so strong that my only escape is my own personal death is a pride that says, I cannot live knowing I've done this. I can't live when I look at other people and know they know I've done this. Because that's right. what shame is. Right. It's this idea of I am somehow less than and worse than right. everybody else. And so the, the, it's it's a pride. And so once again, what we have to do, which is what makes repentance so hard, because it does take humility, mm-hmm. and that's a hard path to walk. Well, uh, we sure enjoyed uh, beginning our walk through Matthew chapter 27. The first of several people that we're going to look at today, of course, was Judas, and we can take some some lessons to heart about humility, about the role of money and keeping it in its proper place, and ultimately trusting God with uh, even the bad things we've done in our lives. Let's have a word of prayer together. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Uh, it's because of your grace that we even have this time to be together and to study your word. Father, we pray that we might uh, learn from this chapter all the different faces that we look at around the cross. And this first one, Father, we we pray, Father, that we might be able to take a deep look at our own failings, uh, our own betrayals and deceits, Father. And it can be a dark place, but to find your light and repentance and new birth in the gospel, second chances, Father, and to trust our lives with you in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Oh, man, I forgot to say, I wanted to end with, don't be Judas. (laughs) Don't be Judas.